All right, everybody, welcome back into the Stewcast, and it's it's a big day on this show because it's the it's the check in with a guy who's, I mean, it's almost he should have his name in the show. He is the whole effing show. He is the great CBD Chris Van Dyne. Chris, it is so good to see you again, my. My friend, your your face, your hair, you got a haircut at least two months ago. You look, uh, you got the glasses. You actually look like you're not uh, mentally challenged. I mean, you are to the tens, my friend. Hey, this is the most relaxing time of my life. Uh, <laughs> the couple months before football season when I get to take a deep breath. We just finished the Phil Steele uh, college football preview. And uh, looking forward to getting that in the stores and getting out to all the readers. I hope uh, the people that have gotten the digital have enjoyed it. I know Phil is uh, really antsy about getting that magazine in the stores. It's been it's been a little bit of a frustrating process, but we're we're, we're making it through, and we're excited about this magazine. Um, definitely check that out. It'll be at Barnes and Noble at the beginning of July. Uh, if you're looking for that Phil Steele College Football Preview, you can also go on philsteel.com and order it. Uh, you'll get it quicker probably at this point if you go to the store, though. What well, uh, um, for the folks like that pre-ordered? Uh, if you pre-ordered, they're starting to ship out now. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah, I was. They we just had a delay in printing, but they're starting to ship out. So you know, I'm not. I don't want to give an exact date on when you're going to get it because we've been kind of unfortunate with uh, with dates, but uh, they are shipping out starting uh, over the next couple of days and. Um, yeah, hopefully those all, all get out in a timely fashion. It is know. Christmas morning when the, when the hard work you guys do over there, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying anything that's not true. It's possible you may have slept in that office just to get this book out. You guys do the Lord's work. So, uh, I'm pumped so about I, it. I know a lot of people are. I appreciate that. And I appreciate all the people that read it. I, I just I, what I'm looking forward to is this is a signal that we're a couple months away. We're really close to our Wednesday night chats. Me, you, JC, Bobcat, as long as he's not arrested and in jail, he's going to be there. I, I love those shows, but it's nice to always get the chance to just sit you down. And I know we're going to talk SEC. JC's not here. Bobcat's not here. So I get somebody who has. um what tact, uh, maturity, um, sensibility. He's got some maturity. He's just, he's just Bro- a brother. We, we, we got some humor when it comes to Georgia, but it's, it, it's, we, it's, but it's hard to not be a homer with Georgia right now because they, you know, after last year, uh, we, we, we got a back, we got a back brief you on some JC stories that you've been out of the group chat about. Uh, we'll do that offline, but. Okay. <laughs> but we'll get you going on on SEC, and I guess it, Georgia is a perfect place to start. I think for uh, I've got the digital edition. We were talking offline. Um, I found it interesting that it really feels like just in how the preseason, pre-SEC, all all SEC teams how they filled out. Georgia's represented quite nicely on the first and second team, but. Feels like they lost a little bit of that star power, that oomph. Um, what, what's your take on where this defense is going to be? Because at the end of the day, it feels like it's going to drive where Georgia ends up. 
Well, just remember when you're doing a preseason uh, all-conference teams, one, you're making a lot of projections. Two, you are looking at a lot of past year's results. While we, we feel comfortable making some projections, you know, you don't want to have the entire all-conference team littered with guys who haven't played before. And in George's case on defense, most of their defense is guys who have not played a whole lot before. Um, they, you know, they do have some star power in the defensive line returning with Jalen Carter. Uh, you have Nolan Smith and Robert Beal, a linebacker who are experienced. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of spots on that defense, uh, especially in the front seven. They're, they're pretty inexperienced right now. So while they may not have the representation uh, on the all-conference team, at the uh, before the season, most likely they're going to be guys that are going to fill those spots in the postseason all conference team. You know, you got guys like uh, like William Poole, who's their nickelback, uh, Jamin Dumas Johnson, who uh, is likely going to be one of their starting inside linebackers. Uh, those guys could very well be all conference guys. And then you got a couple guys in the secondary who are uh, notable returnees. Kelly Ringo had the big pick six in the, in the national title game. Christopher Smith had the big pick six against Clemson. So they have plenty of, of star power. It's just filling those guys in, which Georgia always does. They've been recruiting their ass off. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if their defense is comparable to last year's, but I don't think they can match what they did last year because, I mean, the defense was unbelievable. Um, you know, so it, it's it's kind of a we'll see, but you also trust that George is going to develop their talent just like they always do, and you know that they've got a really good defensive line with a dynamic player on it. So the expectations don't really change. Offensively, do you see them pretty much approximating what they were able to do last year? Yes. Uh, Maybe they're a little more explosive because of the addition of Eric Gilbert and you add in uh, Oscar Delp at tight end. Darnell Washington was a little banged up at times last year. Uh, you obviously have Brock Bowers back. Uh, they have suffered uh, quite a few injuries over the years at receiver. Dominic Blaylock battled injuries. Uh, Rosemary Jackson battled injuries. Lad, Mc Lad McConkey was healthy last year and he played well. So that they have some uh, maybe a little more explosiveness at wide receiver. We're really excited about their running back, Kendall Milton. We believe is their most talented running back. I, I think this, again, George is always going to be able to run the ball well. Uh, you know, the, they did lose a couple guys on that offensive line. But, you know, I, I talked to JC actually about it, and uh, he was really high on Broderick Jones. And, you know, we talked to some people as well, and they, they felt the same. And, and Broderick Jones will step in at left tackle and be an all-conference guy, possibly an all-American guy by the end of the year. And they have a couple interior guys like Warren Erickson and Cedric Van Pran at center uh, that, uh, you know, started 14 and 15 games last year in the offensive line. And Warren McClendon, their right tackle, also started 15. So uh, I would say probably you're right. They're, they're going to be able to hopefully, for their sake, replicate this off this this offense uh but like i said i i think they might be a little more explosive another guy to look out for is arian smith who's a 10 400 meter guy track guy as a slot receiver that uh didn't play much last year but could could find a role i'm gonna slot the the a couple teams here in the east together because i feel like 
they could be interchangeable. Like they could all, there's a, there's a way in which they all are make a jump and, and end up second in the conference. And that is your Vols, the Gators and the Wildcats. What's the big separator for these teams when you're looking through them? I, I clearly, you know, you've got the orange shaded glasses. Uh, you got the, the bloodhound or whatever dog with the big floppy ears at the house. You have Tennessee second there. Um, what was your thought on Tennessee being rated a little bit higher than Florida and Kentucky? It's Hendon Hooker for real. Well, I think that he proved that last year. He threw 31 touchdowns. Uh, only three interceptions, ran for 616 yards. I, I, I don't think there's any doubting Hendon Hooker at this point. He's proven himself. Um, Cedric Tillman's an uh, all-American capable wide receiver. I do think they have a few questions on the offensive line as far as depth. There are definitely some depth concerns I have uh, that they cannot afford to take injuries on the offensive line, which is worrisome when they play up-tempo because when you play up-tempo, you do tend to have more plays mean more injuries, uh, more opportunity for injuries at least. They add in a guy like Brew McCoy. I think the defense is going to be better than what we saw last year. So, um, you know, especially when you're looking at that defensive line uh, that, that's pretty experienced. They've got uh, Byron Young, who missed the first few games, but really made a difference in the second half last year. So I, I like this Tennessee team a lot. Uh, Florida's interesting because uh, Anthony Richardson, you know, we haven't seen a lot from him yet. We don't know quite what he is, but we know what we think he is. And what Mel Kuyper thinks he is and guys like that who I see first round draft projections and, you know, top five quarterbacks in, in this draft class. Um, so, you know, he, 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 he can run. There's no doubt about it. And Billy Napier, everywhere he's gone, uh, has been able to run the ball. You know, you look at Louisiana and when he was there, they, they always ran the ball well, and he's got the weapons to do it. He's got the offensive line to do it. They brought Osiris Torrance, uh, an all-conference lineman that uh, is probably going to be an early draft pick, brought him from Louisiana to Florida. So the Gators have a lot of ability on offense. Uh, just we haven't seen it done yet because, uh, you, you know, new coach, new quarterback to some degree, uh, they didn't use their running backs like you would have thought the last couple of years. Uh, Dan Mullen didn't really use his running backs like that. So we're going to find out how good the running backs are. Napier did bring in another Louisiana transfer in Montreal Johnson, who had 838 yards and was SBC Frosh player of the year. Uh, and, and they have a couple other guys like Lorenzo Lingard. Demarcus Bowman was a transfer from Clemson. Um, Naquan Wright. Uh, played some last year. He's their only really experienced running back from last year's team. Uh, so, you know, when you look at it, they, they ran for 221 yards a game uh, when uh, in Louisiana under Napier. So he's got the offensive skill set uh, and the players to run really well at Florida this year, I think. Uh, some question marks on defense. You know, Ventral Miller's coming back from the knee injury. Is he going to be 100%? Uh, they lost some guys in the secondary. Uh, 
you know, how well are they going to transition to a new defense? Lost a lot on the defensive line. Is uh, Desmond Watson going to get his weight under control? 415-pound nose tackle. You got to wonder if he can stay on the field. Uh, I, I, but I like the Gators. And, you know, schedule makes a difference. Florida gets Kentucky at home at the very beginning of the season. So Kentucky might not quite know what Florida's bringing to the table. Uh, Florida gets a home game against LSU, who I don't think is fantastic. They get a home game against South Carolina. They get Vanderbilt on the road. That's a winnable road game. And, you know, the one thing that worries me when you're comparing Tennessee and Florida is Tennessee always finds a way to screw that game up. I think Tennessee wins this year. It is at home. But 16 out of the last 17 years make me really jaded. So I wouldn't, unfortunately, be shocked if Tennessee blew that game somehow. Um, Kentucky, I, I like the team. Will Levis, you know, is another guy that, even though we haven't quite seen big numbers from him. I, I, getting, Chris, you got to help me with Will. I don't see it. I don't get it. It's, it's all based on his measurables. You know, he's got the size. He's got the arm. Uh, you know, he can run a little bit. He's mobile. So there's a lot of, you know, a, a lot of people that think that he is capable of taking a big step. I My thing is I've never seen under Stoops them let a quarterback open it up like that. So even if he is that talented, I don't know that they let him open it up, which is why ultimately we didn't have him on the all-conference team. Um, and we chose to go with uh, uh, Anthony Richardson from Florida because I think that Napier is going to let Richardson do what Richardson d does best. And he's going to let him run the ball. He's going to let him uh, throw the ball downfield. Um, but another thing with Kentucky is you got to look at that schedule and you're at Florida. They get a road game against Mississippi. They get, uh, they, they get Mississippi state at home. That's not going to be an easy game. They're at Tennessee. So the, the, the three teams you're talking about, Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky, Kentucky plays both Florida and Tennessee on the road. So, you know, we felt like there was a schedule advantage for Florida there. Uh, Ultimately, I, I think that Florida has a little bit of an edge over Kentucky, and I give Tennessee a little bit of an edge over Florida. But again, I'm jaded just because 17 years of pure misery and watching those two play against each other. I got to say, before we head to break, um, there, there's one team in the East, and I, I feel like we're not going to talk about. Uh, lovely Nashville and the Commodores who have opted out of this century of football. Uh, Missouri's probably a year or two away. Eli's, if Eli gets to try it. South Carolina is really interesting. I mean, some big time additions into that ball club offensively. Uh, Spencer Rattler, who, I, I mean, it looked like he just lost whatever whatever uh you know he was supposed to be doing for Lincoln Riley we talked about it early last year it just looked like you know seven yards uh per, per throw it was what he was averaging I mean it was like quick strike or it's going to be incomplete but he gets a new new change of scenery you get Beal Smith transferring in from Wake Forest you get Stoner at tight end 
this offense is really starting to come together. And South Carolina's defense was pretty – it was acceptable last year. You, you project a small uh, bump forward. How, how good can this Gamecock team be? Uh, I do think they're a very interesting team, and they, they've got some explosiveness to them. Not only did they add Rattler, they added Christian Beal Smith from Wake Forest. Uh, they've got really a three-headed monster. Well, I'd call it like a mini monster because I don't, I don't think any of the three are, you know – uh, NFL-ready running backs, but they've got three solid running backs. Uh, Jaheim Bell is, you know, that hybrid tight end uh, guy that, that can stretch the field. They added Antoine Wells from James Madison. It was an All-American, had 1,250 yards last year. Uh, and Austin Stogner from Oklahoma, who has been an experienced guy that is a really good blocking tight end, plays on the line. Uh, offensive line will be okay. I, I don't think it's great. They have a couple guys. Uh, they have all five starters back, but I, I don't think that any of them stand out per se. Uh, I do have some concerns on defense. I, I, I like some of the secondary pieces, especially Cam Smith, uh, who, who's going to be nickel back slash corner. But, um, you know, I, I don't see the depth on the at linebacker. I, I am – not overly impressed with what they have at the defensive line. They did lose a couple guys that were pretty key last year, including Enigbare, the defensive end uh, that ended up getting drafted in the fifth round by the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they were pretty banged up last year at linebacker, so if they can stay a little healthier, that'll happen. They also lost their second-team All-American free safety. So I do have some question marks. I think this is a better South Carolina team in their second year. But the schedule is not very favorable because, you know, look at their first two SEC games. They're at Arkansas and at home against Georgia. So you're probably talking about an 0-2 start in SEC play. They're at Kentucky. That's probably a must-win game for them if they want to, you know, uh, be in the mix for like a top two or three spot in the SEC. I don't think they're ready to win it. But if they lose that game, they're 0-3 in the SEC and they have to host Texas A&M. So you could be looking at an 0-4 SEC start with uh, three very winnable non-conference games mixed in. So, you know, th th that would put them three and four going into Missouri, Vanderbilt, Florida, Tennessee, and Clemson. Um, but, th th you know, th they're going to have to probably pull some upsets in those first four SEC games. Otherwise, their backs are going to be against the wall. We're going to come back on the other side of this quick word from uh, a gentleman from uh, North Coast Sports, Mr. CVD himself. We're going to come back on the other side, talk a little bit about the West, not Alabama, because roll damn tide. And uh, we'll be back right after this. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Van Dyne from North Coast Sports. You'll hear me here every week during football season with my main man, Stu, from the StuCast. And just want to let everyone know we got a lot going on at North Coast. We got Power Sweep coming up. Going to be releasing that at the end of August. And get on board for Power Sweep at ncsports.com. Definitely check out our podcast on ncsports.com. And like I said, you'll hear me every week giving out some of the best handicapping picks that you will get in the industry uh, with Stu and Bobcat every week here as well as at North Coast Sports 
ncsports.com, and we're looking forward to football season. All right, back with CVD, the whole effing show. Um, once again, North Coast Sports, check those guys out. They're going to win you some money. They, they won me money for like three years straight. Love them, guys. Love your work. Um, let's get into the West here. Let's, let's just spitball. We were talking, and it, you called it a crapshoot. I, I, I think there's some teams I really like. There's some teams I'm kind of down on, uh, teams I'm weighing on. I want to start in the state of Mississippi. Um, both these teams have every right to either stick at near where they were last year in Mississippi's case, which was pretty darn good. They were extremely competitive and, and near the top of the West uh, pretty much all season. And Mississippi State, I mean, we've gotten into this argument. I don't really buy Mike Leach in, in the SEC yet, but you look at the numbers and Will Howard does leap off the page. Out of the state of Mississippi, who are you taking in the egg bowl here? Well, I'm not the, not the ex-Kansas State quarterback, Will Howard. I prefer Will Rogers. <laughs> Will Rogers, I'm sorry. Shout out to Will Rogers Downs. Sorry to oh, our friends oh, yeah. at Remington. Shout out to our friends at Remington. All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I'll start with Ole Miss, and the first thing that stands out to me is Ole Miss's schedule because, man, are they set up nicely. They open with Troy, Central Arkansas, at Georgia Tech, who I think is a dumpster fire, uh, Tulsa, Kentucky at home, at Vanderbilt. So you win that Kentucky game, you're 6-0. and Going into Auburn at home, I, I think you probably win that game, 7-0. You're 7-0 going into at LSU, at A&M. Man, Lane Kiffin would have the lane train rolling at that point. Uh, they have, they'd have a bye week, then host Alabama at Arkansas, host Mississippi State. So, unfortunately for them, their SEC West schedule is all backloaded, but it does provide them the insurance of knowing they're going to get off to a good start. Uh, and, you know, getting Auburn at home gives them the opportunity to have a 7-0 and start. That would be phenomenal for the Rebels. Uh, and it would give Jackson Dart uh, or uh, Luke Altmyer, whoever the starter is, because we really don't know yet, um, it would give quarterback a chance to really settle in, uh, figure out who his weapons are. They did lose a lot on defense, and that's my big concern. Man, they lost uh, – Seven of their top nine tacklers, including Sam Williams, who, who was drafted. Uh, so there's a lot to replace on that defense, and it's got me concerned. They got a new but, D.C., correct, as well, right? Uh, I do believe so. Uh, who was it? Uh, I'll tell you one second. Oh, yeah, uh, Crum from Western Kentucky, which, yeah. man, I'm <laughs> – yeah, Western I, Kentucky is our they, – they are our – They, know, they are, team. but it wasn't because of their defense. <laughs> no, Two years no. ago, their defense was pretty good. And I do like Chris Partridge, uh, who's their co-DC. But the, uh, the one thing I will say is, you know, uh, Lane Kiffin anointed himself the portal king, and he, he really came through with it in the end. You know, he adds Zachary Evans – 
from TCU. He adds uh, Jalen Robinson from UCF. Uh, uh, brings in, talking about Western Kentucky, brings in Mason Brooks, who, who was first team all-conference last year. Western Kentucky gave up like 10 sacks, 12 sacks all season long, which was amazing considering how many times they threw the ball. Uh, added some defensive pieces. I, I, I don't love the defensive guys they added. Ashim Young from Iowa State is uh, a solid addition at, at the nickelback spot or, or their star. Uh, but, you know, they didn't add as much on defense, so it's really the offensive pieces that they added. Um, but the schedule, like I said, it sets up nicely, and I, I think they're going to be in good shape. Uh, coming into that, you know, week eight or well, that, that would be week nine, but uh, they could very well start seven and zero. Um, Mississippi State, that's kind of the opposite. They, they've got a bear of a schedule there. You know, they'll probably win their first two games. They have a revenge game against Memphis to open the season. That that was a fluky win for Memphis last year. Mississippi State had a huge yardage edge. It was uh, four sixty eight to two forty six. They had that fluky punt return where. The ball, they thought the ball was dead, and Memphis picked it up and ran it for a touchdown. They traveled to LSU, uh, you know, A&M at home, Arkansas at home. So their home games uh, are are tougher. And the road games, you know, that they're traveling to Kentucky, traveling to Ole Miss, traveling to LSU. So their more winnable games are all in a road. Um, they also host Georgia this year. So their two crossover games are at Kentucky and at home Georgia, while Mississippi, their two crossover games are at Vanderbilt and at home against Kentucky. So huge advantage in the schedule for Mississippi. But I love Mississippi State's defense. Uh, they, they've got nine starters coming back. Shade under 26 points a game last year and 345 yards a game. I thought they got better as the season went last year and really disregard that bowl game they, against Texas tech. They were missing like half their team. I think they had 18 dead players. to me. They are dead to me. And Chris, you know why that hurt our feelings really badly. Oh, that did that did, but we had no idea all those guys weren't playing. So they probably shouldn't have even played that game. Um, but I, yeah, I, I like Mississippi state's defense. I like their quarterback. Uh, we'll see what happens with their wide receivers. They lost Makai Polk, but you know when when you look at it, they, they lose a guy like Makai Polk, thousand yard wide receiver. But when you see that he's not even drafted, and he ends up an undrafted free agent, you think, well, okay, system wide receiver, they can easily replace that. They got plenty of guys, and I, I think the two running backs are actually two of the most underrated running backs in possibly in the country, definitely in the SEC. Because if you total both guys up for their rushing and receiving yards, they both had over, uh, I think, over 900 yards, over 800 yards last year for both of them. So, you know, Jaquavius Marks had 83 catches last year. You know, they, they use that uh, that short passing game like a run game. So while they're not running the ball the uh, traditional way, they do have a more balanced offense than people realize. And uh, you know, those running backs were really productive. We we all know Texas A&M, Alabama, they got the 18 platinum trapezoid players. I want to ask you as we wrap up, because we're going to get into them down the road in further detail, but I wanted to ask you about our Kansas. Sam Pittman's done a great job. Wholeheartedly agree. 
um, had some nice wins that win against Texas. And, and I still think Texas was a good ball club last year. I think some things happened halfway through the season. You know, it is what it is. But Arkansas had some moments last year. Do you think they build on it? Because it, it, to me, they're in that hodgepodge of, you know, Mississippi, Mississippi State, LSU, Auburn. Like, they could go anyway. What What's your take on Arkansas this year? And do they actually have a viable chance to break into the top two in the West? Uh, I like this team a lot. I have some big concerns on defense, but uh, KJ Jefferson and the running game and their offensive line make their offense really explosive. I think that their their defensive issues could ultimately hold them back from, you know, clearing that hurdle to get the second in the conference. I do like two of their defensive players in Jalen Catalan and Bumper Pool. I just think the rest of the defense has something to prove. And uh, in a conference where uh, there is no easy game in the SEC West this year, literally every team is competitive uh, and and every team added significantly through the portal. Um, So, you know, again, it comes down to schedule. Uh, Arkansas has to play at Mississippi State. Uh, They unfortunately have a home game against Bama, you know, kind of don't want your home game to happen against Bama because that's one of the game you, you want to win your home games. That's probably a home game. I don't want to say you can't win, but you're unlikely to win. Uh, they do host South Carolina. I think they'll win that game. And I think they will win one of the home games against LSU and Ole Miss. They go to Missouri. Uh, they, they got a tough schedule, though. Non-conference play. They have Cincinnati and at BYU. Uh they should win both those games, but both of them will be competitive. Then they have 11 starters back. The defense uh, had moments where they were uh, less than spectacular last year, but also had, you know, only gave up 22.9 points per game. Uh, really played well down the stretch the last couple of games against Penn State, only allowed 10 points and 17 against Missouri. Uh, so I, I, I think that this team is in the mix. For that second spot, I don't think there's a uh, – I, I think right now Texas A&M is probably your second best team, uh, especially if uh, Haynes King comes back and is uh, the quarterback that we we thought he was going into last year. But after that, I think that there is – any any of the, the rest of the division could finish third. And, and I don't – I don't like any teams in the division. And actually, they're enough to finish seventh. I think this is going to be a beat them up kind of conference or division, and you're going to end up with, you know, a bunch of teams tied at like three and five or something in the division in the end. CVD, you got a lot of stuff on your plate, a lot of stuff coming up. We mentioned at the top uh, the books coming out very soon to Barnes and Noble near you. Uh, if you haven't pre-ordered it or if you don't want to order it online, you want to wait till it hits stores, it'll be at Barnes and Noble. But we got power. You can sweep. also call us at 866-7711 and we will get one shipped out for you once we get ours in next week. So beautiful. Uh, you, you do have that option as well. 
And we got 14 regional covers. So uh, we went back to the regional covers this year, which is kind of nice. Got a lot of teams represented on the covers. Even got, uh, you know, some teams that don't usually see that kind of love on a, on a cover, like Old Dominion. I, I, I know uh, they were very excited to get their tight end. Uh, Zach Kuntz on, on, the, uh, on one of the regional covers. Uh, a couple other schools uh, that, that uh, don't usually see the regional covers that uh, get represented. Cause we got 14 of them this year. It's, it's nice. I can't, I'm gonna, I know a big collector's piece, big chase magazine cover is definitely going to be that Southwestern New Mexico cover getting a little, uh, Lobo love there. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't think New Mexico made a cover. Did they? I don't think so. Uh, no, no, they did not. That's tough. When you're in Southwestern New Mexico and you can't make the cover that you hate to see that. Please don't fool our list. I don't want them to <laughs> you know, if we have any Americans, eleven of them out there, you know, think, oh man, we got a cover. You got to order that, and then you can't set people up for disappointments too. Wow, I digress. North North Coast Sports uh, Power Sweep. I love that podcast. We were talking a little bit. You said. Sometime in July, we can start looking for the podcast to be back. Is that true? Yeah, we're just starting to uh, situate it and uh, figure out exactly what we're going to do for the season. We, we, we always uh, come out with – it'll be late July, maybe early August. We'll do a, uh, a win totals, uh, our projected win totals, uh, our best bets uh, for college football for the season uh, last year it was doing it did pretty well six and three and uh i i um i had a mac but yeah i can't remember who they were now obviously i had western kentucky was one of them yeah um, yeah same here i mean we love western kentucky but uh yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of fun we did we did pretty well with it last year so i'll definitely check that out it is a good some. show you guys did have quite a few winners and at least teams that made championship games which i think is key you want to have a shot you want to have a bullet at plus 1400 yeah. in the conference title game that is something that you want to have yeah you don't put a futures bet some and go two and six <laughs> Well, you know, I'll be texting you. We 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 got to wait for uh, you know the Mac and the Sun Belt and CUSA odds to come out. I'm looking forward to that. And next week we got Matt Brown extra points uh, coming on. We're talking more. We're talking NCAA football game. We're talking nil. It's gonna be fun stuff. We're keeping this college football thing going, and you can too. Check out the Phil Steel magazine. Check out North Coast Sports. Check out the whole effing show cvd the love of my life i dream about him at night can't wait to have you back on my friend thank you for the time and uh until next time we'll see you after a while